Hey everyone, welcome to a new episode of Throw It Batch. This is a podcast where we throw back our favorite wine and cocktails while recapping the most loved and hated reality show, The Bachelor. But FYI, we don't hold back, which means we are talking spoilers, news and gossip, insider info, astrology, and more. You have been warned. I'm Sam. I'm Caitlin. And I'm Melissa. Let's throw it back. Hello, everyone. Thank you guys so very much for joining us for this week of Throw It Batch. Uh, This has been a really crazy, intense week for Bachelor Nation, especially for BIPOC members of Bachelor Nation. This has been very upsetting and eye-opening. If you guys are listening to our show, you probably know what's going on with Chris Harrison. So let's have an open and honest conversation about it. Here's a little bit of a recap of what happened. Chris Harrison went on Extra, where Rachel Lindsay is now a correspondent, and they had an interview about Rachel from this season. So I always thought her last name was Kirkconnell, but people are saying Kirkconnell. Yeah, I've been hearing people say Kirkconnell as well, and I was surprised to hear it pronounced that way. Let's just say uh, Rachel Kirkconnell. As we have talked about all season, she has had many, many, many allegations against her ranging from bullying a fellow classmate about liking black men to her posting photos at an antebellum old south party while she was in college and this was the straw that really broke the camel's back and so rachel Lindsay spoke with chris harrison on extra about these photos and the allegations what transpired from there was a very very painful interview to watch in which chris harrison said that the photos were taken in 2018 and that basically those things were okay then or were they who knows it's very clear those things were not okay and were never okay. Rachel Lindsay composed herself and she had the most dignity and grace as far as listening to what he had to say. He was interrupting her. He was basically saying, who are you to say what's right or wrong? Who am I to say what's right and wrong? It was very blatantly obvious what was right and wrong in this situation. And so she kind of just let him go and dig his own grave. Even after that conversation, he called her to say, how glad he was that they had that conversation and how well he thought that talk went, which to me is the biggest red flag. There is a really big problem here because a lot of people misspeak and they say shit, they know that they shouldn't. And then it comes out of their mouth and they're like, oh no, oh no, how can I do damage control? The fact that that never even crossed Chris Harrison's mind is what is the most troublesome about this situation. Ladies, I would really like to hear your thoughts about this interview. It was extremely disappointing. So just to just rewind, let's go back to when we first heard the Rachel K allegations on TikTok. It was a girl who claimed that in high school, she would would make fun of other girls for liking black guys. And the messages that she was getting, all the usernames were blocked out. I tried giving Rachel the benefit of the doubt. Then so many other TikToks came out. Some things for Rachel K, I will admit, I felt like were very disturbing and made me very uncomfortable. And we all decided that we didn't like her. But overall, we said, you know what, when there's smoke, there's fire. And it was a very easy perspective to look at this, how Chris Harrison could not come to that conclusion, even though, yes, like there were certain things that I guess maybe he felt 
were like, why go into people's voting history? It doesn't matter because at the end of the day, you're speaking to your first black lead of your franchise. Rachel was right in front of him. This is there's nothing to excuse in this matter. Like I faced terrible racial bullying growing up to the point like I still talk about that trauma and therapy some of the offenders really evolved they changed they grew as people some of them didn't some of them are still jerks horrible people there's two things happening at the same time with Chris Harrison because I'm realizing that many people aren't doing the work to be anti-racist before being anti-cancel culture and Chris Harrison in that interview was a prime example. I'm also kind of proven that cancel culture doesn't work because Chris Harrison was more focused on cancellation than racism. So it seems as though the ca cancellations we've done as a society has almost distracted from us actually fixing something that we really desperately need to fix in this country. And sure, we have taken lessons from people getting canceled or being held accountable, but we've also created a fear of the fire before using it for warmth. The execution has created a distraction from the crime, essentially. Yeah, I mean, I was so shocked when I saw that interview and was watching it. Like, it was, it was just so incredibly mind-blowing to me that someone would think to say that doing something racist in 2018, like, wasn't bad because back then in 2018, you know, a whole three years ago, but in 2021, it's bad. That was just so incredibly mind-blowing. To talk back to the first Black lead in the franchise history and someone who's such an amazing ally to the Bachelor franchise who has given them so many chances when they have messed up over the years. Chris Harrison, whatever, he's a staple in the franchise. Like, he's not my favorite person in general. He's a vanilla white man to me. I just, I don't expect much of him in general. But just that interview was so mind-blowing. I mean, that's the only word for it. It was so insanely mind-blowing. Yeah, it was just very eye-opening in a lot of ways beyond him saying something disrespectful and offensive. And let's be honest, he was being an egotistical dick, first and foremost, like even beyond being incredibly racist, like he was just kind of unpleasant and on the attack right away. And he was defending Rachel Kay. And he kept on saying this poor young girl. Several things that come up for me when he says this. First of all, we are a spoiler podcast, so we have been telling you guys since day one that Rachel Kay is the projected winner. And he also said in the interview that she wasn't at the Women's Hell All and they couldn't discuss it. So he's essentially spoiled the season because there's no way he would be standing up for someone like this who was final two or three. I very strongly believe that. Secondly, I'm really sick of seeing these poor young girls claiming they're ready to get married. Okay. That was just another thing to me. Like exactly. She is a stupid young girl. Why are we watching her act as though she wants to make a life with this man, with a black man, by the way. And a lot of the allegations against her are that she's made fun of people for liking black men. Like there's just so many things wrong with this. And I understand that a lot of the other allegations against her are hearsay. There's no way to necessarily prove it unless it was caught on video, which I don't believe that it was. But a lot of those other allegations too are extremely alarming on top of the antebellum party. But that is just what everyone was like, okay, here's what we have proof of. Let's go get her. She should have made a statement out of respect for not only Matt James, but her fellow contestants 
for the viewers. It should have been made such a long time ago. And for him to have that kind of passion for her of all people, if he had the same type of compassion defending any Black contestant or Rachel Lindsay, anyone that's ever been mistreated in this franchise, if he had that kind of compassion for Sydney Hightower, she was getting literally harassed on social media, Hannah Brown didn't even come forth. He had the nerve to defend Hannah Brown. He did have the nerve to defend Hannah Brown and she, um, she's been relatively quiet. Listen, I'm not from the South. I've actually only been to like the quote unquote South a handful of times in my life. I don't understand it. Quite frankly, it kind of scares me. Um, just because I feel like we're living in a different country and in a different time when I've gone there. People that grew up in the South and were told this is right this is normal. They were just brought up with that kind of information. Um, for instance, Jessica Clark, who is Ben Higgins' fiance, she also has photos at an antebellum party. And she has straight away addressed those saying, listen, I was raised in the South. This wasn't taught to me. I am learning. And here's the thing. Our world has changed and evolved and we are getting better. And what's most important is to take accountability. And there is, you know, a very big difference between accountability and cancel culture. So after this interview, um, obviously it blew up all over the internet. People were furious. Chris Harrison put out an apology. It wasn't to the camera. It was a written, you know, just in a black box. And then Rachel Kay came out with an apology. And rumor was that the producers were telling her to not put anything out, to wait, to wait, to wait, but she finally got enough pressure behind her. I don't want to praise her in any way, shape, or form. With mm -hmm. that being said, I also want to acknowledge that the apology could have been much worse. You know what I mean? Than it was. Yeah. Right. I think that like one of the most important things here is everyone makes mistakes and has done stuff in their past and they were young and stupid that they regret, like literally all of us. I don't know who is running the show over at ABC because like publicist here, hire me ABC because you need help. What should have happened immediately when this stuff was surfaced, Rachel's apology should have been made immediately. ABC dug this grave for themselves. Exactly. This, this situation did not have to happen. And what the hell is the point on having Rachel hold off on this apology? I think that it was an utter shit show of communication, but racism is something that is ingrained in people. Like for Chris Harrison to truly believe that three years ago, that kind of, those kinds of parties, that kind of behavior was, uh, you know, college kids will be college kids, you know, what are you going to do about it? And then he mentioned growing up in the seventies in Texas. And all of a sudden you're like, holy shit, what the heck have you done, Chris? Well, that's why he's so afraid of cancellation. Cause he's looking at Rachel K from the perspective of, well, times have changed since I was young and I've done things that I, I wasn't supposed to. He's prioritizing so many things above anti-racism. In a way, I can get myself in the brain of the beast. And I know people are going to want to cancel me for doing so, but keep the, don't, you don't need to edit this out. I think a part of him when he said 2018, this and that, although I complete, let me say, I disagree. He is wrong. Racism has always been a problem. It doesn't matter what time it is. But I think the reason why he was comparing it is because in 2018, 18 there weren't tiktoks like digging into your whole like history and like sourcing every little move you've made on the internet that's what i think he meant 
I know people are going to hate me for saying that. And I'm not trying to defend him whatsoever. Like I'm the kind of person that even tries to get myself into the brain and perspectives of these people. I'm like, I do discovery. So wrong, regardless, it doesn't matter. But I also want to touch on something that you were talking about. Again, might not be a popular opinion. There are petitions to cancel Chris Harrison. I've really thought out what I want to say here about this. Um, I've talked to myself in the car. Like, I'm like, okay, I'm me ready. Too. Me too. Let's talk a moment about cancel culture and what is the purpose of cancel culture the purpose of cancel culture is to make somebody go away to end their livelihoods their careers what have you here's the thing when you cancel somebody they still exist in this universe they're going to procreate they're going to raise their children with a mindset of anger, first and foremost, that they were canceled. So they're going to continue to perpetuate whatever they were canceled for to their children. More than anything, we want our next generation to be better, to be more evolved. We want racism to end. We want anti-Semitism to end. So why are we continuously saying that we're going to cancel people because that's doing exactly the opposite of evolving us as human beings, as a society, because we're not giving anybody an opportunity to learn. Now, let me say, do I think Chris Harrison should be fired? I think that it's definitely grounds um, to have him be moved on from this. However, do I think there should be petitions out there immediately saying cancel Chris Harrison, fire him. I'm not sure that I agree with that because I don't think that helps the problem at hand. The problem at hand is racism. And by doing that, all it does is cut people's hands and feet off. It doesn't stop the issue. And Rachel Lindsay has mirrored a very similar sentiment. She's had two episodes um, on higher learning about this. They just released another one today. And she said, canceling people is not going to accomplish what people want, period. That doesn't accomplish anything. Should he be fired? Maybe. Should he never be heard from again and everyone in the entire world hate him and him not be given any kind of opportunity to learn and grow? He's still going to have a public platform regardless. When you were talking about the kid, what his kids or raising kids, I was in my head adding the word fans because there are people out there defending him and the people defending him should evolve with him. Because clearly they're at a they're at a dead end. They're not learning what they need to learn. Same yeah. for all the white people telling Rachel, like, it's okay, we accept your apology. Like, no, like, it's not your apology to accept. They need to watch her grow to learn. And she needs to have certain actions to help them evolve. And same thing with Chris Harrison. Just the same way that Chris Harrison has projected all the work that this franchise needs to do. Like he literally shined so much light. Even the people that have ignored it. Like you can't, you can no longer ignore it. Like he has broadcasted how much work that franchise needs to do and change on the back end. He could also, as an executive producer, reflect how much change has been done by doing that change himself. Yeah. So I'm kind of like on Rachel Lindsay's page with it. And also as it's not my apology to accept or deny, I mean, I am a person of color, sure. But I think this more goes to the black people in Bachelor Nation because Rachel and Chris has directly offended the black community. Just as it's not my apology to accept or deny, it's also not 
for me to choose for him to be fired. If any black and brown employees, cont former contestants, anyone in Bachelor Nation want that for him, I stand with them. I do. I stand with them. If they all want a boycott going on Bachelor in Paradise until he's removed, then I'll stand with them. But here as like a, an audience member, I, I, I don't know either. Chris has officially announced that he will be taking, in a sense, a leave of absence from the show. We don't know how long that will be. He says he's definitely not doing an after the final rose. Well, who cares? They didn't do one last season. So that doesn't really mean anything to me. I do want his leave of absence to be longer and then we'll take it from there. At the end of the day, um, this has shown even more light on how bad the racism within this franchise is in this country. So I was a member of the Bachelor Nation Facebook group for several years. It has like 50,000 people in it from, you know, all over the country. The only reason I stayed was to kind of lurk and fight when I felt necessary. <laughs> These people in there that are the Bachelor watchers in this country, um, a lot from the South, a lot from Middle America, they don't like Rachel Lindsay and have a lot of really awful things to say about her. They don't oh, think that- Oh, fuck them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was fighting and then finally I was like, you wanna know what, I'm out. Like, I'm leaving this group. It, it made me sick. It was and, an echo chamber. But it also was like, shit, 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 shit. These are the people that are watching this show. So if we really do take a change in direction, is The Bachelor going to lose that much viewership that they won't be able to continue and to tell the right love stories and to show the right people and really help America learn? I do think that there's a percentage of those people with the past two seasons that are like, wow, I've never, I've never watched a TV show with a Black person on my screen, but okay, I'm getting kind of into it. I mean, mm -hmm. they have a lot to learn. It took me about a week to process and understand my feelings and emotions as a white woman, you know, as someone that doesn't really have a ball in the game. But I will say this much, I am an ally and um, I'm also a Jewish woman who has faced anti-Semitism in my life. And even when I've interviewed people and as a journalist, watching Rachel Lindsay interview Chris Harrison blew my mind because I couldn't have ever imagined interviewing somebody who also kind of used to be my former friend, boss, whatever, right. saying, oh, people dressed up like Hitler for Halloween. Oh, the Holocaust wasn't that big of a deal. We're learning. We're, I, would, I would have lost my shit. I would have cried. And so I think that a lot of people have something that they can compare this to, to really relate to it. But also, there's nothing that you can compare this to to fully understand what Rachel Lindsay went through during that interview, what people of color went through watching this, especially those that were a part of the franchise that probably felt as though I feel like total shit that I've made money off of this franchise. I'm complicit. I, I let this I let this happen. The show is the second most watched show in America. So to change the Bachelor, Bachelor Nation, is forcing so many viewers to evolve, to see different stories, to empathize with people that don't look the same as them. And I am one of those viewers that previously, you, I'm the newest viewer between the three of us, right? I used to look at that show like it's too vanilla for me. I can't watch it. I never was in denial of the fact that there was a great amount of viewership that was racist or from parts of the nation that is racist. But I loved that we were taking baby steps, right? I loved that there was Rachel Lindsay and I loved that people were fighting for a, a black lead. But then, you know, Claire happened and then 
but then Tasha happened and so forth. So I had high hopes. I'm not going to give up on it because I want to stand by the the viewers and the contestants that do you want to see change? And like, I, I totally feel what you're saying, Sam. And Mike Johnson episode, talking it out with Brian Abasolo, Rachel Lindsay's husband, was a really great episode. And I, I felt like he was feeling the way you were talking about, like he was felt so disappointed for benefiting from it. And, and it broke my heart. I do feel really great things for Mike Johnson. And like, it, it, it did make me reflect on a lot of things because there were people that were saying like reasons why he wouldn't make a good bachelor. And I was once one of those people that subscribed to that because they edited him as someone who didn't really know what to say at certain times. Like he would have deep conversations with other cast members sometimes, but other times it looked like he didn't really know like the moves with the ladies. They edited him in a certain way. And then I listened to his episode on Bachelor Happy Hour and I was like, wow, he actually would have been an amazing Bachelor. So I just want to put that out there. There's a lot that they have been trying to run away from. And it's interesting that by Chris Harrison trying to run away from the problem, he ran right directly into it. But everything happens for a reason, even though it was painful to watch and my heart goes out to Rachel Lindsay. I also just want to say for the first time in history, the women of this season that is still currently on television, season 25, it is the most diverse season we have ever seen. They made a joint statement together. I believe every single cast member of this season put out the same statement on Instagram saying they condemn racism. They are proud to be the most diverse cast, but you know that we need to do the work and that they stand by Rachel Lindsay. They stand against racism in any way, shape or form. And that, you know, we need to do better. What was super awkward was when Rachel K reposted that. And I was like, that's, but also if she didn't, people would have been mad at her. So I don't know what the right thing would have been to have done there. I'm obviously not on her side, but. To that point, Sam, I mean, Rachel did something bad in our past and she apologized. So like, of course she's going to post that if her apology is sincere and if she's sorry for what she did and she's trying to move forward, then yeah, of course. And now the term giving grace to someone, I don't like it anymore either. Oh, give them grace. He ruined all the words. He ruined everything. Things that he was saying about cancel culture, like obviously he was wrong, super wrong about a lot of the things he said, but in between in the little cracks, there were little things that I was like, um, if this conversation was about something completely different, I would have understood what you were talking about. Or if this conversation was about Rachel Connell after she's made videos, after actions, if he said like, you know, guys, like stop sending her death threats. Like this is the problem with cancel culture. It would have been a totally different story. If he was saying this about people that were mistreating Rachel, who's been mistreated and been sent many threats and things like that. Not only that, Rachel had a stand at one of the After the Final Roses to talk about the way the messages the girls and Peter season were being sent. That's like the irony is that, you know, like had parts, parts, only parts of that conversation been about something else, it would have been a very different story. We're really glad to have this conversation with you guys. We would love to hear your thoughts. And on that same note, be nice to us because we're trying to offer another perspective. (laughs) Are you asking for grace, Melissa? (laughs) Right? Be nice, but also if you're here, like, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to quote unquote silence anyone, but if you're going to reach out to us and like talk shit on Rachel Lindsay or be racist, like maybe if you feel a certain way, say that you want to learn and you want to know more and you're going to find resources to do so. And you hope that 
Chris Harrison and the other people within Bachelor Nation shine light on that. Rachel Lindsay, she is an extremely strong woman, but there is a lot of not only trauma in this life she's experienced, but ancestral trauma that's really, really triggering. And she might've put on a good face this past week, but I'm pretty sure she is shook to the core from this and feels really icky. And so as a matter of fact, send her love, just like, just go do that, you know, go yes. show your support and, um, and for Natasha and for the beautiful, amazing, um, BIPOC members of this season and all of the others. And we will continue to talk about this and have an open conversation. And even when things come up for me, where I can recognize where I've been wrong, like I'm more than happy to do so. Because again, after 2020, it's like, we need this world to be better we want this world to be a better place and we can't do so by hating each other by being ignorant and by straight away canceling each other that's not the way we need to learn and also we don't need people of color to teach us remember that too when you reach out to rachel lindsay don't ask her questions tell her you support her and also the black lorettes who we very much have supported on instagram they have an amazing podcast uh their video has gone viral about explaining why it's so offensive, everything that has happened. And lots of people within Bachelor Nation have posted it. So I urge you to really check it out if you have any questions as to how this was harmful. Yeah. And Taylor Nolan also, um, she's doing an amazing job. And if listen to Higher Learning with Rachel Lindsay, listen to Talk It Out with Mike Johnson, listen to Clickbait. Like unless you listen to all the podcasts that are talking about this incident, please do not be too quick to make judgments. And, and yes, even though we used the word cancel culture a bunch of times in this conversation, we understand that there's a difference between cancel culture and accountability. But I do feel like the lines are once again being a little bit blurred. A lot of people are trying to say that, you know, people that are trying to cancel cancel culture are people that are trying to avoid accountability and like looking at racism as an issue. So that's why I constantly say you have to be anti-racist before you're anti-cancel culture. And on this last note, I want to say that people that are wanting to cancel members of Bachelor Nation that didn't respond to this incident the way that they wanted to. First of all, people don't want to say the wrong thing. Second of all, people need time to process their feelings and emotions about it to create the most appropriate statement because they are public figures. And if they were to have hastily, impulsively said something that maybe wasn't their full thought, that would be something that they would regret. So I urge people to stop sliding into the DMs of past Bachelor Nation people saying that they want to cancel them and hate them because they didn't get the response that they wanted. On that note, also though, to the other end of it, like I'm a Libra, I see dualities and everything. If you're a person in Bachelor Nation that goes and makes a statement and you say, well, I haven't watched the video, fucking watch the interview. That's the least you can do. You are profiting off of this franchise know what the fuck you're talking about. It's 13 minutes and they should be listening and watching a lot of the other stuff that you just mentioned, Melissa. But right. like, 
they should do that. Yeah, I, I, I'm like in between on that for sure. I also don't want people to not have a genuine response. Like I, I want that. Um, but I do totally understand that when you're, you have trust issues with something that you were once a fan of, you're so desperately like wanting validation that you can trust them and or trust little pockets of people but in within the franchise. Like I get it, but yeah, you're right. We don't know because also you don't want um, to exploit a very painful matter just to not lose followers like that's also not not okay and th- and that's probably why cancel culture is dangerous because people are so afraid of saying something and they could even be canceled for like the wrong way of going about it that they'd rather just you know throw their hands in the air and hide do i think that you should be promoting shakes do you think do i think that you should be acting like hannah ann sluss out, no. out on the gram I'm like absolutely not you're better off you know going and having a conversation with people and just not posting at all also let's not forget that we thought the bachelorette was going to be katie i doubt that that's going to happen now i really hope we do have a bachelorette season so we're going to keep you guys as updated as we possibly can because we are little sleuths and we love our crazy ass flawed show especially this season we have met some of the most amazing women of this franchise i'm talking piper i'm talking kayla lauren brie michelle keep with us guys let's get into this week's episode thank you for hearing our opinions on all of this So we start the episode with Heather. She's still there. Her and Matt have a conversation. He seems kind of into it, honestly. And I think at the end of the day, he's more flattered than anything else. Meanwhile, Piper is crying. The girls are comforting her. I always love to see a good comfort moment where the women are supporting each other. And Piper said she's never felt so invisible. It's completely understandable. And Matt is flattered. You know, he says that Hannah Brown is qualified to pick a woman that she can see him with. So he's kind of thinking maybe this could be real. So then Heather goes out to talk to the women and it is just a big ass mess. Jacenia is really hard on her as are um, most of the women. And, you know, they do have a lot of legitimate questions. Why didn't she meet him before? Has she met him before? Why did she come in now? Does she not realize that hometowns are in a week? The thing about Heather is I understand she was very likely manipulated by the producers and they didn't let her come in earlier, but for her to be so ignorant as to think that like, hi, I'm Heather, I'm your Barbie, love me. That is what annoyed me about her. What do you guys think? I'm not annoyed by her. I mean, I think that this is 100% the producers doing her dirty, having her come in, obviously knowing what the situation's going to be. I think that the girls were really mean to her. I don't think Heather's a bad person. I think she's kind of like innocent, naive. The outcome of this whole thing is that she just kind of looks like a fool. I mean, I think she's a nice person. Like we could, you could tell from Colton, she's just like an innocent, naive little girl. She's not there to hurt anyone. Her best friend, Hannah, told her this would be a good idea. And she has hearts in her eyes and, you know, doesn't think that the producers are going to do anything to hurt her because they're just the nice producers who want people to fall in love. You know that he's not going to develop as much of a relationship with her compared to everyone else on the couch with you. So I would have been like, yeah, sure. You come stay, kick one of them out. <laughs> the reason why it like made me a little bit angry with Heather is that she thinks that she's so perfect, so good that like she can go through one week before going to hometowns and just like skip it all. 
I know, but guys, come on. We're all girls. We all have our close girlfriends. Can't you just totally see the scene of Hannah B being like, oh my God, Heather, you are perfect for him. You have to go on the show. Oh my God, Heather, you guys are so made for each other. Just go, go. He's looking for his wife and you would be perfect. She said, I know I'm coming in halfway, but she probably didn't know what really halfway was. I don't Maybe. think she knew she was a week from hometowns at that point. Yeah, but then they pointed it out to her and she didn't mm -hmm. seem surprised. Um, mm -hmm. You know, the girls were hard on her and I don't know what happened behind the scenes. I think it's a little bit of naivete, overly self confidence and maybe a bit narcissistic to think that you can just pop in there and win his heart at the same time there was manipulation and uh, I think that uh, all the girls were a little bit wrong for the way that they handled it including Heather and including the rest of them but again with Piper I understand why she felt that way I understand why the other girls felt that way it was a very intense situation I also have to say I mean I know I always talk about the producers but isn't it interesting that the only girls we saw who were really mean to Heather are the ones who left in this episode we don't right. see any of the final four being mean yeah, and I would love to see what Rachel really said to her. Maybe we think Rachel is quiet because they are cutting out all of this stuff because they want her to look good because she wins. Right. Yeah. They, they did that to Nick Viles winner. Matt obviously um, decides to let her go. She gets in her minivan. They're just like doing her dirty. I just kept thinking, what did she do to these producers to piss them off so much they couldn't even give her like a, a black car? and just like disrespect her this way. I don't know. Um, but you know, it was a little blip in the radar. She's done. And he comes back and apologizes to the women and he apologizes to Piper and he lets them finish their conversation. Then during this rose ceremony, he gives the roses to Brie, Rachel, Serena P, Kit, Jasenia, and Abigail sending home Chelsea and Serena C. Chelsea, we will miss you. You are a fabulous, fabulous woman, and I hope to see more of you in this franchise, but also I feel like she could take over the world, and I want her to have her own brand, her own company, her own everything. I am already buying whatever clothes she comes out with or anything she does. Then we see the Matt and Serena P one-on-one -on -one date. It is a tantric yoga date. So this is her second one-on-one -on -one date. I believe that she is the only person thus far to have gotten two one-on-one -on -one dates. And he says that it's because he kind of feels like they got friend zoned. And so he decides to have this tantric yoga date with her. She does not like it. I love this Scorpio. This Scorpio is like, nah, 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 not into it. I'm going to be really honest with you. That being said, she looked fucking bomb, her body and how agile she is. And look, yeah, it looks like she's done it before. When they saw, they showed the previews, like before the commercial, I was like, oh, like, who's this instructor? She explains to him that she isn't an overly affectionate person, especially in public. And this was beyond her comfort zone. He really likes her, but he says that it does make him wonder if they're on different wavelengths in their relationship because he's really into it. She's not super into it into it. And again, like, I actually think she's very mature, but she is very young at the same time. But I do really like how she is very blatant about what she likes because there's so many women that are like, oh, sure. Yeah. Let's go play in the mud. This is fun. Go, you know, throw shit at me. I love this. And it's <laughs> like, they're like crying in a corner, but no, she's like, yeah, yeah, this isn't me. And she said that on her first date with him, that like this process is very sped up for her because she takes things very slow. So I think we'll see that play out next week. 
in the night portion of the day, this part really stuck out to me. She was like, my hands are sweaty. She's obviously uncomfortable. Then he decides to just hold her sweaty hands when obviously she doesn't want anybody touching them. It's like, yes, you are on different wavelengths. Don't touch her fucking sweaty hands. She doesn't want you to touch them. I don't think he understands a woman that like doesn't want to do everything that he wants to do. He's trying to learn. Uh, she has like a very feisty, sassy way of flirting that I am totally into. She puts men in their place and I like it. It's like so natural to her. Yeah. She's very sure of herself. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So he, of course, gives her the rose and she will be going to hometowns next week, aka her family will be coming to hometowns. to a group date which is Michelle, Brie, Abigail, Rachel, and Piper and this was so odd because we just go to see like Matt and all of the women sitting around a room which kind of looks like it's the evening portion of the date so I don't know if there's actually a group date here that was cut out which we know they've already done this season or if the group date was just sitting around and talking to Matt. But we got some interesting tidbits here. Matt and Brie talk to each other and Brie tells him that she actually ended up resigning from her job a couple days ago because she decided she wanted to stay longer. And this must have put a little bit of pressure on Matt knowing that, you know, she cares about him this much that she's going to quit her job for him. Did Brie work at Facebook? Oh, they think it was Google, but they said it was a big tech job. So either of those are possible. Just want to give a shout out to one of the less recent bachelorettes, Ali Fedotowski, because when she was on Jake Pavelka's season, she worked for Facebook and they told her that she had to choose and she left, but then still ended up quitting Facebook to become the next bachelorette. I, I feel very confident. I think that Brie could very well be the next bachelorette, especially after her saying that she quit her job. Yeah, and I would love that. I really like Brie. I think that her, she's super stylish. I like, I like like looking at her. Like I like seeing how she puts herself together, which is honestly like 85% of why I watch the show is to like see the girls' clothes and how they do their hair and makeup. So <laughs> Brie brings it and I appreciate that. I also just want to say like for me, one of my favorite things about the show is watching the little nuances and the friendships like Brie holding a girl's hand or rubbing their back or helping a girl up when she faints or falls, that gives me bachelor boners. That is what like I love. And Brie, her little small movements and gestures, like she is such a compassionate person. And I, I love her. I think she is bachelorette material in a nutshell. When she's alone with Matt, she is so gracefully seductive with him. Like the looks she gives him before like a kiss or anything like that. I'm like, Brie, you have moves, you have swag. You are a Sagittarius queen. I love you. But to quit your job for love, is a big Sagittarius move. I'm curious though, if maybe there's a chance the producers were like, okay, we don't know if Matt is for sure going to pick you, but if you do quit your job, you have a good chance of being our next bachelorette. Do you mean Sam in terms of like what made her be like, okay, I'm going to do it? Yeah, because she seems like a smart, logical person. And I just think that Matt kind of seems like a dunce sometimes. I don't know if I'd want to quit my good job for him, but if I could be the next Bachelorette, maybe. I was like watching this episode with Nick and, you know, he was like saying how silly that is, you know, to quit her job and like blah, blah, blah. I don't think that like we all realize this here. Even if Brie didn't know she was going to be the Bachelorette and there weren't these conversations, she has now made it down to right before the final four. At this point, like- 
she's going to be making five times maybe more than what her salary is. Obviously, becoming an Instagram influencer is not necessarily a long-term career, but let's look at what some of these other girls in the season and the franchise history have, have done with that. And also to get a job at whether it's Facebook, Instagram, or Google, you have to be a very competitive candidate. So basically, she get another job very easily. I just hate this right, like right. viewpoint that so many people have. It's like, oh my God, you're going to quit your job? Yeah, I'm going to quit my job because guess what? I could be making close to a million dollars a year becoming an Instagram influencer. Or if that doesn't work out for me, guess what? I'll get another job that's as amazing or better than my current job. But I do want to say, though, that she has a certain set of standards that she's um, put on herself due to the way that she was raised with a single mother and all of the respect that she has for her mom for working and being a single mother. So I feel her falling into the influencer thing isn't going to be very comfortable for her. I think she's going to have to make something out of it that's meaningful for her which is completely possible you know 100 but i just think that with the way she was raised and she wants to be a strong independent woman i don't think she'd be chill with just being a hannah ann i guess what the proper thing is to say when you make it this far in the franchise rather than saying becoming an instagram influencer is the audience and the followers that you have gained and obviously someone like Brie who is so cute and stylish and we want to watch her and follow her like the audience that you've amassed from being on the show opens so many doors for you maybe you start with becoming an Instagram influencer but then you create a blog or a vlog or you launch a products line there's just so many opportunities that these contestants of The Bachelor who make it far can get that there's so much more for you there than sitting at a nine-to-five job like I just don't think that people understand the opportunity that being a contestant who goes far on the show can open and it's kind of a no-brainer if you make if you're in predisposition to quit your job whether it's for love or for the opportunities and building your brand and a following that that brings yeah and I do think that Brie is obviously highly intelligent and knows that and I do think that she's going to be heartbroken when Matt breaks up with her but I think that she knows she knows what she's doing she's setting herself up and I applaud her tremendously for it Matt also talks to Piper who tells him that she's falling in love with him and she really wants him to meet her family we see a little moment with Matt and Michelle she tells him that she can't believe how she feels about him and she's 100% committed and then we see Abigail and Matt talking together and you know Abigail's been not quiet about her disappointment with not really getting one-on-one time with Matt especially being the first impression rose recipient then she kind of fell off the face of the earth I mean Serena got a second one-on-one before Abigail even got her first one-on-one and I'd be pissed if I was her and she in a very polite you know nice way kind of expresses this to Matt she tells him that you know she really does see a future with him but asks if he sees that with her because it's kind of seeming that he doesn't and she would, you know, rather know now than than continue on there. And unfortunately, he tells her that, you know, her feelings are accurate. He was really drawn to her night one and he was said he says that he was so comfortable with their relationship that he felt good like leaving that on pause and exploring other relationships and then his feelings grew stronger for these other women and I just have to say that that is such an odd response such an odd thing to do I thought and I think Abigail was done really dirty just like Heather in a completely different way though in this episode like I would be pissed if I was Abigail should she be though because obviously Tyler C has told Matt James like how wonderful it was that experience and all the fun friends he made and being there and being on the journey and everything like that. So I'm pretty sure Matt James kind of 
even though it was wrong for him to put her on standby and I cried for her, she did have that knot and that anxiety throughout the process. She did make great friendships throughout it. And I'm glad that she at least got to like build those before leaving. She can do better. I'll say that. I, I, I believe that there's a lot of people better suited for her that are just fantastic, whether it's in this franchise or not. I know that so many viewers were just like, what in the world? Like, it's it's just odd that, you know, she got the first impression rose and then no one-on-one dated. She's better off in the end. Matt has a conversation with Rachel and, you know, all these conversations are kind of centering around hometowns is next week. So, Everyone is thinking about, you know, Matt meeting their their family. And he says that he's worried Rachel's mom is going to grill him. And she says that she thinks her family will be happy seeing her so happy. And, you know, based on the background that we know, I'm <laughs> interested to see how next week goes with Rachel. Uh, but, you know, Matt keeps reaffirming his feelings for her. He tells her that when he isn't around her, he's thinking about her and that she makes him smile. So... He really likes Rachel. And then Matt and Kit have a pretty bizarre conversation in my mind. You know, she wants to lay everything out for him. So he knows what he would be getting himself into if he ends up with her. And she tells them that, you know, she's a long-term investment. She really wants to focus on her career. And if he does pick her, like she doesn't want to have kids until she's 25 or 26. But that's a perfect thing for actually what he wants. I think he was probably turned on by that. She has a lot more to learn about the world. A lot. Yeah. I don't think so. I mean, my biggest thing about like not wanting kids yet is because I want to experience the world more and I want to be financially stable before that. She already has those two things. So she might be ready at 25, 26. And you know what? It's a lot easier when you're younger. So like, according to what people are telling me, you know. You have a very good point. Actually, <laughs> I agree with you on that. It's just like funny in 2021, especially coming from New York City, hearing someone refer to like not wanting to have kids down the line as 25, 26. Yeah, coming from New York, that is true. Because I have friends that are like, you know, like us, I'm going to be 32 in, two, in a couple of months. I'm so not ready for kids. And I have friends that are like, oh gosh, like Melissa got married young. <laughs> they were not even thinking of getting married yet even. So it is funny from New York, or New York City rather. And the group date Rose ends up going to Rachel and they Shocker. go <laughs> off to dance and have a private concert and all of the girls are very upset that she was the one who was selected. I want to talk for a moment about this very quick scene with the girls crying. How often do you think that actually happens and they don't put it on screen? Or are these girls just devastated because they know that he's already made his choice? Or a little bit of both? A little bit of both for sure. Especially because he literally like sat on a couch and they all like a revolving little door sat and made out with him. And I know we'll get into this next, but I think it's one of the reasons that Kit left because Kit is young, but she's smart. And she also knows body language and reading people because it's probably what she's done her entire life since she was a kid. And she knows that this show is over. And to see Brie cry, it's like, I'm going to say that the rest of the women left are all pretty intelligent, except for Rachel. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to speak for her, but she doesn't exude the intelligence and like self-awareness that the rest of the women do. And I think them breaking down crying in that moment was very interesting to watch. It is very interesting to watch because- not only is Matt giving Rachel a rose and bringing her to a fabulous concert by Aloe Black where he sings the most romantic song that makes me want to, you know, 
redo my wedding just to have that as my first dance. He's choosing to spend the last time he can spend with someone individually before the hometowns. I'm choosing my last intimacy moment with you because I cannot bear to wait. It is so telling for them. Kit struts the strut to Matt James's house, just like she did on the one-on-one date. I love like how she has that little graceful walk. She tells him she never thought she could let down her guard and she's done that in such a short time. And I can totally see that. You know, I do respect her. She came on, she promoted mama's brand. She did her thing. I do really feel like she had feelings for him for sure, but she was definitely juggling, reviving the Cynthia Rowley brand while searching for love and I honestly totally respect her for that such a tourist thing to reject before getting rejected I posted something in the Instagram stories today if I have to fight for your attention then fuck your attention like (laughs) you know that's yes I'm a tourist rising and I totally I totally resonate with that because that's kind of that's been my MO when I was in the dating game back in the day she thinks it's the right thing for both of them and she, she knows it's hard but then you know she's driving away and she was scared of making the wrong decision but she was still very stoic about it in true kit fashion honestly she's like a movie character for real yeah she's a great character I really doubted her um (laughs) when the season started I was pissed that we had a 21 year old I was like I don't want to watch this high school show I know 21 is in high school but you know I guess I'm old now but she has surpassed my expectations. I like Kit very much. I can't remember what interview it was that she had bachelor happy hour. I think she might've been trepidatious about paradise, but like, she's got to go. I know she would be so funny on paradise. Maybe Cynthia Rowley will come up with a bikini line. And that's, that's what I'm trying to say. Yes. <laughs> she, the, the umbrellas, the, the towels, the bath towels, like there's a plethora of things. It's been working on me because this is now my second Cynthia Rowley sweater from TJ Maxx Ooh, it's because so of Kit. So for real, like it's working on me. And we've only <laughs> seen the fall slash winter line. And if she goes on Bachelor in Paradise, athleisure, water bottles, sunglasses. The possibilities are endless. Agreed. Now we're heading on to the one-on-one date with Justenia. Let me tell you something. I want someone who loves me as much as the producers love Justenia. I mean, I know I'm married. So hopefully my husband listens to this episode. They bring her on this professional drifting, like action-packed car date with Tony Angelo. It was really fun. It was like a thrill-seeking date. It was playful um, and allowed like very little room for intimacy, except for the part of him making out with her on top of the car, which I think is pretty hot. On Bachelor Happy Hour, she said that there were so many deep conversations that she said about her life that the show never included. So they did kind of do her dirty on that by not showing how much connection she had with Matt. I mean, it must feel pretty shitty to like decide to put yourself out there on national television, talk yourself up, talk yourself down, just go do it. Think it's going to be all over. Warn your family of what you're going to say. Right. Exactly. And then it doesn't fucking happen. Yeah. So she seems upset about that. And that's warranted because we, all the three of us, have empathically been feeling that for the contestants all season. So we were validated in that conversation with Bachelor Happy Hour. But they did edit it and made the night portion look like there was absolutely no sparks whatsoever. She 
she said that she was falling for him. She said she was falling in love with him. Falling in love with him. Rachel Lindsay made a very great question that, you know, did you say that out of like desperation because you could tell like it was kind of game over at that point or, you know, and it was a little bit of both I felt from what, what her answer yeah. was. I love Jasenia. Did you guys get pageanty vibes from Jasenia? Like I got very pageant vibes all the time. She was crafting what she was saying, her head, her hair, her like movements, how she was doing it. Not really. I mean, I can see it looks wise. She always looks very coiffed. She has gorgeous hair and I can see kind of pageanty there. She does seem thoughtful, but I don't, I didn't really get those vibes as much as I have from other contestants. You feel that way because she is so contained and so in order. The fact that she came from two drill sergeant parents or two military parents, it all really clicked for me at that point. Yeah. yeah. They didn't say that on the show, right? But they said- No, it it's from the interview. Yeah. Like, so she comes from two parents in the military, like literal drill sergeants. That is insane. It makes sense. She had to grow up fast. She had to travel. She had to constantly be around different people, different environments and kind of keep her thoughts, you know, to herself. I would have loved to have like known her in one of her high schools. It's like, who's this new girl? And she's like, I'm Jasenia, bitch. Also need help with your homework. I'm down for that too. <laughs> she is totally multifaceted and amazing and I love her and she always answers our DMs so you know the love is always going to go to Jasenia people are kind of giving her a lot of flack on the internet because of the way she treated Heather but I mean there were so many people involved in that I'm sure she's not proud of getting upset at that moment so he pulls out the rose I the the damn producers definitely told him like Matt anytime you give a rose or not give a rose you have to take it off the table and this guy fell for it. It's so uncomfortable. Like the way he reaches for it and uses it to talk. I don't know if they told him there was a mic in there. I don't know what the hell, but <laughs> it's, it's, it's so cringy. Matt says he really likes her, but they're missing that compatibility. And she tells him she's really grateful that he's honest and he walks her out. It was a good attempt for a possible bachelorette edit. I wouldn't be angry if she was the bachelorette there's literally so many people from this season that i'd be happy to see as the bachelorette we get to the rose ceremony and matt james non-surprisingly gives a rose to brie michelle rachel and serena p poor piper she's going home piper was dressed as a princess her dress uh, like was absolutely gorgeous she looked yeah she did and i was even saying last night like she reminds me of like a princess in a movie it really sucked that she was sent home she walked she made sure the slit was showing she had a strut by the way shout out to chelsea strut from earlier in the episode i needed to like honestly give attention to that because chelsea strut out was amazing but she did not even say a word to matt i wonder if it she if she did and it was edited out but she did not say a single word this leo was heated and she got in the car and just, that was it. And Matt honestly didn't even fight to say one last goodbye as he closed the door, which was awkward. They made such an amazing connection in the past few weeks. And like the past three weeks, it's been really evident that Piper and Matt have something that she really feels it so much. She was one of the first people that told him that she loved him. She really cares for him and he knows this. And I think Piper and the audience deserved some kind of goodbye because it made it feel as though it was fake. She said she put herself out there and put her weaknesses and happiness on the table for nothing and that it was a big waste of time. She says she isn't someone to blindly 
blindly follow feelings and emotions and she should have stuck to that because now she feels like her entire soul has been stomped on. That really kills me. That is actually such like a, any fire sign moment. It's not her as much that bothered me, but it's him. Like he should have been like, please talk to me. Like I care about you and I care about our time together. Can we end this in a way that we can both like remember fondly? He's not good at that. She's so young. She's so gorgeous. And you know, there's so much out there for her. So us as a viewer, we felt bad for her, but we know that like, there's so much out there. So then we get into scenes for next week. We see Matt meeting each family. We see Rachel's mom questioning everything. Michelle's mom asks her, this is moving too fast for her. Serena's sisters tell her that she doesn't even seem smitten. Ouch, burn. And then we see Matt and Rachel jump out of a plane with a very rough landing. By very rough landing, it looks like Rachel <laughs> like eats dirt. Literally. Like, like it bounced, her body bounced off the ground. That's terrible. I mean, I, I'm sure she's okay. So then we get into the bloopers, which was the best part of the entire episode. Fight me on it. We see Serena cracking Michelle's back. We see Serena saying how funny Michelle is, which you can tell like Serena P and Brie definitely made friends with like a lot of the girls there. The friendships are always the biggest love story. So I love seeing it. Me too. And then we see Michelle make a toast. (laughs) She's just like, honestly, so much more outgoing than the edits have given her credits for. So I wish these were all really part of the show. We don't really need that much of the drama. I honestly miss Tasha's season for a lot of reason. I feel like there was a little bit more balance than they're doing this season. Michelle makes a toast, but before doing so, she wants to make sure she looks good for the camera. So she puts the rose in her mouth and she starts doing push-ups so her arms are nice and swole. Like this is a trick that people do because it gets the lactic acid up in the arms. Just like make sure they're super tone defined in the moment before pictures or being on camera or anything like that. So she knows what she's doing. My guy friends always do this. It's hysterical. And her arms have been getting a lot of compliments, especially from my brain every time I'm watching her. So she's honestly like so fucking stunning. I can't even handle it. But it's very important to do push-ups because it is the natural like push-up bra. Like you get these ligaments toned and then your boobies are- Wow, okay, okay. They they will stay erect. I don't need that. So you guys have fun with that one. (laughs) (laughs) So Bachelor Nation news and gossip. Take it away, Sam. All right. So obviously we talked about a lot of news within Bachelor Nation at the beginning of this episode. Even more people are coming out and fucking up. Uh, Demi Burnett, who was on Colton's season last night when the episode aired, so I guess two nights ago for you guys when we published this, has gotten herself into some drama on Twitter. First of all, she was tweeting in defense of Heather because they're very good friends. She also tweeted, when I go out, batch girls always love meeting me because my clout and ability to entertain. Well, I don't want to know a single one of you people who said mean shit to Heather. Heather wouldn't condone this, but I will say kiss my ass. Then after that, she said that the last season was her season. Then she got called out by people, including Taylor Nolan, saying, why aren't you going to support one of the most diverse seasons? She got a lot of hate. And then soon after, or around the same time, it came out that Within the past couple of years, she wore a jacket that had the Confederate flag on it. 
and apparently it was given to her by her ex-boyfriend's father. It was actually a Yeezy product, aka Kanye West. It was from a special uh... event that had a Confederate flag on it. So weird. It's all like just very weird. Wow. Yeah. So she was wearing it and she just tweeted out yesterday. Fuck it. People are telling me I shouldn't say anything. I'm going to say something about this. So there's been this picture that's been resurfaced of me wearing a jacket that had a Confederate flag on it. That jacket was given to me by my ex. His dad actually gave it to me. And I had no idea the weight that the Confederate flag held whenever I was wearing it. And I just wore it for that one night. I saw the jacket. It's like a patch. So I I know it's ignorant of me, but like, had I seen that picture, nothing written under it or above it, like I would have not even caught. Now knowing that it's Yeezy, I'm like mind blown. Like what the hell? That is crazy. And then so, cause you know, so many people are going to blindly purchase it just because it's easy. They're not even going to like think twice and it's ridiculous. Yeah. And you know, she's called herself a dipshit on social media, says she sucks in the past 24 hours. It's like all ranges of emotion. It's like, I hate those girls. Be nice to Heather. And it's like, I'm a terrible person. So it's just, it's a lot. Requesting people to feel bad for her when she's creating statements of apology, but also requesting kind of like sympathy at the same time. And that's like not the way you go about it at all. Also, a couple new things have come out since I made these notes. Rachel Lindsay has spoken out about Hannah Brown deleting the antebellum photos off of her Instagram because she also was a part of one years ago and she's deleted them and Rachel Lindsay is calling her out for doing so. She's been very quiet. I know she's been trying to bury some stuff I think since all this happened so it's a lot there were people commenting about the photo being part of like a charity like though that was a charity event held back then and all that stuff which I mean it doesn't matter because of like what it represents but she's deleted it and hasn't talked about it which I mean that's a horrible horrible thing to do if you deleted it prior to people saying things being like oh wow I now know what this like looks like by the way all the statements she made about everything that happened with Chris Harrison she did it like on her Instagram story you know what I mean like we're kind of waiting for you to do a little bit more in regards of everything it doesn't look good I agree I agree and then lastly some weird other news Dale and Claire were recently seen I guess in a place called Venice Florida At first, I thought it was California. I was confused. He was in Florida. That's where some of his family lives recently. He went there. He was there for the Super Bowl. And I'm assuming he stayed. So they have been seen together on the streets. I've zoomed into some of the photos. It looks like their hands are kind of touching, but not completely engrossed in each other. But I mean, let's be real. Dale has lost a significant amount of Instagram followers since this all has happened. And I can't I can't not go there. I love love and I really want Claire to be happy. But, you know, it's a story that is developing. I mean, let's hope everything's genuine there. I want the best for Claire. And, you know, I don't want to assume the worst of Dale either because, you know, I just don't. All right, Melissa, what's your sign? So I know I've spoken about this in the past, but... Because this is just, it could not ring more true. And it's something that you cannot ignore. We are currently in Mercury retrograde and we will be until the end of the month. And then it'll linger for about another week because it kind of fades in and fades out. 
And something that I posted on my personal Instagram is um, a repost by the Oracle Reads You that's dated, according to numerology, February is a seven universal month. At a psychic level, the number seven makes people thoughtful and philosophical. Use this as an opportunity to examine your beliefs. What you worked for you at the beginning of your spiritual journey may not work for you now. It started a conversation with um, many Black astrologers. There were certain people complaining that Mercury retrograde was occurring during Black History Month, but it actually makes a lot of sense. And me and some of the other people that commented said, Mercury retrograde is a time to revisit things. So I posted this. It is super symbolic that Black History Month this 2021 is during Mercury retrograde. 2021 in numerology is a year five. The number five represents change in a whether you're ready or not attitude. It is time for us to revisit and review history to help lead us forward to a better future. Although Mercury retrograde has its hiccups, it's known for travel, c- communication, technology issues. It's not a bad time overall. It is a time to rest, nest, review, renew. This is how we release old patterns and take stock of what serves us and what does not. Though things can go wrong, allow yourself to receive the messages from that to see how your priorities align to your deep inner values. And so if you're once again saying, what is Mercury retrograde? If this is the first time listening to the episode, I would say Mercury is close to the sun. It laps the sun more times on the earth. So it can appear as an illusion that Mercury is like going backwards. However, the motion of Mercury does affect us energetically, and it's a very symbolic moment to us on many different levels. And as I've said before, Mercury retrograde, even though it's known for having issues with communications, things can come out in a way that you didn't mean for it to be said, but it also, you can say things that shouldn't have been said, period, i.e. Chris Harrison. It is a time where we also face technical issues. Sam's laptop, rest in peace. I recommend that you keep the receipt on all gift cards and on all your electronic purchases because issues can occur. And of course, Mercury is known for severe, you know, travel issues of all types. So give yourself extra time. I also want to say rest in peace more seriously to those who have passed in Texas. There was a catastrophic accident of 35 deaths because of ice on the road. On a lighter note, yes, we are very familiar to the downfall of Mercury retrograde, but we need to retrograde back on this topic to explain to you everyone once again what it should be even more known for because the most important thing about Mercury retrograde besides the disclaimers that of communication, tech, and travel issues is that it's a time to review, renew, reflect, reconnect, relearn, redirect, rethink, respond, rebel, reorder, revisit, reconstruct, and most importantly, remember. It is a time for compassion and patience on all scales. And the terrible event of Chris Harrison and Rachel Lindsay has really put the magnifying glass where it needs to be. And this franchise really does need to take some lessons or I guess like take some notes from Mercury Retrograde and like completely renew, review everything in that franchise to make a better future. I couldn't help but think of all the internal issues the franchise has been trying to avoid for quite some time. We suggest you listen to our episode with Jazzy Collins. We sat with the former Bachelor casting director, Jazzy Collins, who even said that there needs to be more black and brown producers on the ground all the way to the top of the franchise. Sure, they hire diversity coaches, but they frankly put a bandaid on most of their issues. That is something that we cannot ignore. There's so much work that needs to be done. This event has made 
me reflect just as an audience member them skimming over Victoria Fuller issue, Sydney Hightower, justice for Sydney, and many problematic things that have occurred. We will never know if the franchise purposely told Rachel to to wait to address her racist history, but she's clearly the winner. And the point is that the franchise didn't urge her to do it in service of their BIPOC viewers and past contestants. And more so, they were prioritizing things such as ratings and money over real compassion, true compassion that in itself is what Mercury Retrograde is about. And I just hope that my message helps everyone reflect on that. And I know that we said last week we were going to have uh, Steffi Hill, who's an amazing astrologer, psychic medium, human design person on this week. We are going to postpone her. Hopefully she will come on very soon. But just because we felt like we needed to have a really candid conversation with you guys this week and not distract it with anything else. And so pretty sure Steffi will come on soon because she has such a treat and will really go more into the stuff that we talk about during this section. All right, let's get into that's what she said. I'll be Heather, then you guys can just be assholes. Hey guys. Hey. Hi. How's it going? Good. What's up? It was good. Good. (laughs) What's your name and what are you doing here? Heather. Nice to meet you guys. <laughs> What'd you say? I said, what are you doing here? Um, I am here to meet Matt. For the first time? Oh, you're so late. <laughs> um, for the first time, yeah. I- I've never met him before. So you are ready to get married to him or be engaged within a couple of weeks? Yeah, that is ultimately like what I'm here for. Interesting. Were you on another season? Yeah, I was on Colton season. Okay. Oh, so you missed that one, so you tried this one? Um, no. Truly, like, I didn't feel it with Colton, and that wasn't for me. Oh, okay. Hmm. And and I'm not here to come in and, like, ruin everyone's day, like... Yeah. My day's pretty ruined. Why? Did you not meet Matt before, prior to him coming and being The Bachelor? So, I'm friends with Hannah, and I knew Matt was like new Hannah, but I didn't think anything of it when Hannah Brown brought this up and said, you would be a great match. But like, the more I learned about him, the more I thought that it could be a potential match. And that is why I wanted to meet him. You're just bachelor hopping. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. You guys, like, I don't want to do this. Then what are you doing here? because I want to meet Matt. Like, I'm not wanting to be on TV. This isn't- What is your goal here? Honestly, I'm not convinced that you're ready for an engagement in a week or so. Absolutely. You guys don't know me at all. Do you know Matt at all? Trust me, I would rather go on a date with him without all this. Like, if just Hannah set me up with him, but that wasn't the reality of the situation, and I didn't. I'm sorry, I don't really care, honestly, because you interrupted my time. You didn't address me, so first and foremost, I would like an actual apology. I'm so, I am truly sorry. I did not mean to not address you. Like, I am freaking out. We have one more week left of dates and then we're going to hometowns. All of us have very strong feelings for Matt because we've been here for six weeks and you're walking in, interrupting my time when I was having a pretty important conversation is super uncalled for. And I still do not understand why you're here. Week six. Like, bitch, what are you doing? 
I don't want to make anyone uncomfortable. Like, it makes me, like, really sad because this isn't, like, what I want to do. Okay, just talk about it in an interview because I don't want to hear your tears right now. Okay, I'm sorry, guys. Go home. <laughs> so mean. So fucking mean. Okay, and for Throw It Back, where we assign different cocktails to the girls based on their actions in personality of the episode, first up is Piper, and I'm gonna give her a margarita with extra salt on the rim because she was pretty salty when Matt sent her home. So I'm gonna give Piper a blue Valium. It is two ounces of vodka, one ounce of blue Curacao, two ounces of Sprite, and one ounce of sweet and sour mix in a charity garnish. Piper just needs a nice relaxer. She'll go home. She'll realize that she has many more amazing men in her future. Next up is Jasenia, and I'm gonna give her a sparkling rosé because like we said earlier in the episode, she's very well put together. She gives off a very like perfect, polished look. I will give Jasenia a drink called Sweet Poison. It is two ounces of coconut rum, one ounce of curacao blue, one ounce of light rum and pineapple juice. So the reason I give this to Jasenia is because she is sweet, but she has that Scorpio twist to her. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you do not want to mess with her. She's sweet poison, but in the best way possible. There's a tequila with like a the scorpion tequila shot. I would give her that. And next up is Abigail. I'm going to give her a hot buttered rum because it's a warm, very comforting drink that she can have to feel better about getting the first impression rose, being wet on, no one-on-one date, and then being sent home. I'm gonna give Abigail a cocktail called Tropical Island because that is where she deserves to go. She needs an amazing vacation after this. If she's not the bachelorette, she needs to be the queen of paradise on that tropical island. It's one ounce of coconut rum, one ounce of spice rum, one ounce of banana liqueur, two ounces of pineapple juice, two ounces of orange juice, and a splash of grenadine. I love you, Abigail. I love you too, Abigail. I'm going to give you a Riesling because you're sweet, you're sparkly, you're of a variety, and honestly, you're just so pure. Next up is Kit, and ironically, I had a Riesling to give to Kit because (laughs) when you're young and you just start drinking wine, you may think you're so mature because you're drinking wine now, and you could gravitate towards maybe a Riesling that's sweeter and kind of a more unsophisticated type of wine, and that's what I think Kit is. I think she's trying to act very old and mature and, you know, laying out her life and, oh, may have to wait till I'm 25, 26 to have kids. But I think she's kind of immature. I'm going to give Kit um, a martini because it always looks good, right? It's just like such an aesthetic. I'm going to give Kit a cocktail called Call Me a Cab Vodka Lemonade Wine Cocktail. Get me out of here and bring me back to New York immediately. So it's six ounces of lemonade, one ounce of vodka, two to three ounces of Cabernet Sauvignon and ice. So Kit is ready to go. She needs a roadie that is tasty, but also brings her back to the big apple. I would also like to give a very tall glass of champagne from the three of us to Chelsea. Mm. Our tall glass of champagne. We, in the beginning of the season, somebody, from Bachelor Nation called her a tall drink of water because she's beautiful and like a supermodel. And we said, no, she's a tall glass of champagne. And she like responded to us and 
forever will be our Dom Perignon, our most expensive, not a Dom Perignon. She's like, she deserves higher than that, but I can't think of the name anymore. Whatever God drinks that. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> the most expensive champagne in the universe. We love you, Chelsea. Thank you guys so much for joining us this week. I know it was an intense conversation. We would really love to continue to keep this conversation going. Um, And the truth is, it's not going anywhere. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, cheers to hopefully a big change in the franchise because there's no way out of it now. Like they got to they got to do the work and Mm -hmm. let's see what's to come. You guys love you. Love you. And Thank you guys. Uh, we would love to start Clubhouse again next week. I've, I missed you guys this week and hopefully we'll start it again. We'll keep you posted on our Instagram. Make sure to follow us at Pod on Instagram. Rate, we do subscribe to us. We really love hearing your feedback and it really helps us doing what we do and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.